Hello and welcome to the Soul Files podcast. I am Levi Wolf. And I am Abby Murphy. And together we host this podcast. We decided to make this podcast because we are passionate about the people who work at Software One. Between Abby and I, we have 17 years of Software One experience across a number of different roles and locations. And we love getting the chance to dive deeper into the culture of the company. This podcast is a behind the scenes look at some of our friends at Software One. We call them Swomies. The things they do at work and even some of their hobbies and activities outside of work. So whether you're a current employee, a prospective new Swomi, a Software One alumni, a customer, a partner, or just a friend of the show, we hope you enjoy this deep dive into the people of Software One and the things that make them great. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Slow Files. Today we have a guest with us today, Taryn Tomlinson. Uh, we're very excited to have her and to dive into uh, what she does for Software One. Um, so I guess, Taryn, why don't you say your name and your role here at Software One? Hello, everyone. I am Taryn Tomlinson. I am the Equity and Inclusion Program Manager for Norum. I have an additional question right away. Where do you live? Where are you based? I am based in Long Island, New York, right nice. outside. So that's right outside of New York City, about thirty miles away from New York City. So you and Abby can be New York buddies. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, we should. Yeah, we need to have you come into the office. Our our team is usually in on like Tuesdays and Thursdays at this point. So okay. if you're ever in the city or I don't mind a, a, a little commute, <laughs> uh, we can grab lunch or something. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I was in the city once, Abby, but um, I think you weren't in that day. I'm I know. Excited. I think I was out of the office that day, or it was a day yeah. that I wasn't in, or or I think maybe there were like meetings happening, and so they're like, "Hey, we need the office space, so yeah, <laughs> so don't I, come I, in." <laughs> um, I didn't get to see, you, but next time, yes, yeah, definitely. yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, cool. Well, I think we'll start with some questions just to get to know you a little bit better. So, um, Levi already asked where. Um, where you're from, uh, have you always lived in Long Island or, uh, what have it, how, what brings you to like, are you, I'm like really struggling today. Levi, <laughs> I was telling Levi before this, that I can hear my, my voice in the mic. <laughs> oh, and so I'm no. having to think about what I'm saying over and over again. Oh, oh my gosh. How long have you been in Long Island is my question. How long have I been in Long Island? Um, feels like forever. So I wasn't born here. I think to back up, you started to ask where, I, uh, where uh, have I always been here? No, I was actually born in Jamaica, West Indies. Some people tell oh, me they can okay. still hear my accent. Some can't. Um, wow. some, think, some think it's from somewhere else, but I was born in Jamaica, West Indies. Uh, I moved here to Long Island as a teen, grew up on Long Island, uh, left Long Island and was in Queens, which is a part of New York City, was in Queens for a while, okay. and then came back to Long Island about 10 years ago. Oh, very cool. I don't know if it's because you said that, but I thought I could notice something in your accent there. So maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> now I'm listening for it. Um, so what? Go ahead, Abby. Think, yeah. I would say, what uh, what were you like as a teenager? That's my favorite question to ask to get to know people. What was I like as a teenager? Um, okay. I was pretty boring. Right? I was probably <laughs> pretty boring. But you know what? Um, being Jamaican, I had a very strict mom. So okay. I didn't get to um, do 
all the fun stuff, parties and all of that. I really very focused on school. I was on the volleyball team. I, you know, tell my husband all the time, but he doesn't believe me. I was um, an (laughs) all-star volleyball player. Um, And I'll tell you, I I joined volleyball because I didn't want to, um, it was like the cleanest sport for me, right? I didn't want to do too much running outdoors because that made you sweaty and I didn't want to do nothing that was too strenuous so I felt like uh, volleyball was a good um, sport to I can relate to that I just don't want to be too warm or sweaty I don't want to be irritated so so what you're saying is you would not be playing in the sand volleyball league (laughs) you know what though I love the beach so I mean Ah. sand I could deal with though Okay. Maybe not, not like a mud, if there was like a mud volleyball, yeah. no. But sand, yeah. is, I, I love, I'm from Jamaica. I love the beach. I love That's true. And yeah, usually yeah. if you're playing on the beach, there's a little bit of breeze. It's not too hot. Yeah. You know, you're, yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to ask a little bit about travel because, um, so, you know, Jamaica, New York, uh, do you have a favorite travel destination? Everywhere I go to is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, uh, I um, whenever I go somewhere, I'm always, oh, I want to live here. And then I, I like come back and start researching how, how to go to this place. Uh, but I can tell you that the last place I went to that was my favorite was Bermuda. Um, mm-hmm. And it's such, it was a beautiful small island. Um beautiful beaches uh one of the few places that i say will rival jamaica's beaches uh, so that's one of my favorite i like warm climates <laughs> yeah what would be the best jamaican beach for someone to visit in your opinion oh the best jamaican beach i'd have to you know i'm biased um but i'm gonna say doctor's cave beach that's in montego bay i'm from montego bay jamaica so that's in montego bay i would say that's the best uh, beach to visit but you can't cool. go wrong with any other beaches actually <laughs> do you uh get back to jamaica often i used to uh i haven't been back recently but on um you know because of covid and everything but yeah. my mom is turning 70 in november and we have a huge birthday party planned there and i'm looking forward to it that'll be fun Aww. very cool we were talking right before we started recording. You said you have two kids. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit more. How old are your kids? I actually have three kids. Oh, um, I misheard maybe. <laughs> one is an adult. One is an adult. So okay. sometimes okay. I don't include her. Sure. Um, <laughs> two so littles, guess, yeah. Yeah, three offspring. <laughs> um, I have an adult daughter. She is 24. And I started all over again. And then I have an eight-year-old son and a five-year-old son. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, um, what are some like key interests or hobbies you have right now or like something that's on your mind? Maybe a TV show that you've recently watched or a documentary or an interesting article you've read. Like what, what are you into right now? Oh, um, I, I like stories, right? So you said yeah. documentary and it brings me to, I recently watched Netflix had um, the Kanye West story on there. And oh yeah. I don't know. Genius. I don't know. It's called. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of you've seen it, but uh, perhaps because I'm a mom uh, of two sons, you know, just seeing the love that that mom poured into mm. her son, uh, that, that was really touching for me. Um, and just seeing his dedication to, um, 
to excel. It, it was quite um, impressive to me. So that, and then um, I do, I watch a lot of TED Talks. Like I said, I okay. like stories. Yeah, so I like to hear people uh, talk about their lives and, you know, what shapes their experiences and listen to different viewpoints. Very cool. Any interesting ones you've watched lately that stand stand out? Yeah, actually, I um, watched one by Valerie, I'm probably going to mispronounce her name, Carr or Kerr. I have to figure out. It's K-A-U-R. She is a lawyer, an activist, a storyteller, a book writer. And she had a TED Talk called, um, you know, Three Rules to Revolutionary Love. And it's really about how to use love as a way to overcome some of the ills that are in society today. Um, and it was it was really touching. Um, she's a sick woman, uh, S-I-K-H, um, you know, so she's of uh, Asian American Pacific Islander descent. And this is why I uh, came to watch that because of the challenge uh, we have going on right now. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, <laughs> I'm constantly revamping the syllabus for the challenge. And I came across that uh, video and it was it was really uh, impressive. And so if you have an opportunity to watch it, I suggest you watch it because it's really about using love. And some people are like, you know, you know no one wants to say love is the answer, but uh, she gave some really pragmatic tips on how to love ourselves, you know, love others and even love our opponents so that the world can be a better place. And I found that just very beautiful. Oh, I like that. Sounds like your your hobbies are are tied very closely into what you do at Software One. So maybe that's a good transition more to, <laughs> yeah. to just the Software One side of things. And before we dive into some of the specific projects like that 21-day challenge, because uh, I don't know the story, maybe tell me um, what your corporate career was like and how you got to Software One. Have you always been in these types of roles or... Um, I did some LinkedIn creeping, so I think maybe you went to law school, but <laughs> fill me in. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so I started off my career in HR, and that it was more of an HR generalist role, and that morphed into a DEI role in that um, it was during a time much like now when it was so difficult for people to find talent. And so the company that I was with um, started to reach out, perhaps a little before their time, to um, try to recruit diverse talent. And then, um, you know, in doing so, I was charged with doing that. But in doing so, then it uh, came with um, coaching leaders on how to lead uh diverse talent, right? Um, and then that morphed into me working in a role where I advocated for persons with disabilities and was really heavily involved with uh, certain uh, high schools within the New York City public school system, helping to transition their uh, special education students into mainstream workforce. And, you know, one of the challenges that uh, people with disabilities face or people who are um, in the special education system is that they are oftentimes relegated to menial jobs um, or pigeonholed into certain forms of jobs and, you know, not able or not shown or uh, mentored or having a career pathway to um, 
go into the tech jobs and, you know, the the white collar jobs, so to speak. And so my role was to prepare those students and um, provide them with internships through, you know, various uh, large corporations uh, and really create a pathway for them to um, enter into mainstream workforce. Um, and then I left that and I did go to law school. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I um, am a lawyer and I practiced law in New York for six years. Um, I practice civil litigation defense. And, um, you know, I came back into this work because as with so many people, you know, 2020, spring 2020 was a very pivotal moment for me. And I realized that this is my calling and this is what I love to do. And this is where my heart is. And so I found Software One and here I am. Yeah. And we're, we're happy to have you. So now that you've been here um, and we realize <laughs> the majority of our audience is probably software one employees. So let, maybe th- this can help them understand a few of the different projects you've worked on since you've been here or you are working on um, that are available for our swamis. Oh yeah, sure. Um, well, there's, well, we could start with the 21 day challenge. We could start with yeah, that. Yeah, we did already reference that. So uh, we should do a callback to that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, the 21 day challenge, uh, it's really a great opportunity for uh, persons to uh, become more acquainted with uh, cultures that they perhaps um, aren't that acquainted with or are different from their own. And the challenge is really designed to uh, show the perspectives and tell the stories of um, people from various different groups. So for example, for this year, 2022, we have four challenges that we're running one each quarter. We uh, did the um, Black slash African-American 21-day challenge that was during Black History Month in February. The Asian American Pacific Islander challenge is currently running uh, and that ties in with Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Uh, For June, we'll have an LGBTQ 2IA plus challenge. That's for Pride Month. And then for September, we'll have a Hispanic slash Latinx challenge. And um, what these challenges are is for 21 persons who sign up for the challenge receive via email. Are you still with me? Oh, sorry, my phone. Yeah, sorry. The, it was something that it, like paused on us quick, but. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Yeah, um, all good. Great. So they received an email from me and the email contains an assignment for the day. It could be a podcast. It could be an article. It could be a video to watch. And it really just, again, tells the story of people. And, you know, one of the things, as I referenced um, Valerie Carr earlier, one of the things that she speaks about is that, you know, stories 
help us to see no strangers. Stories help us to see each other as brothers and sisters, right? And, you know, she has this saying that she says that, you know, when when you meet someone, you look at them and you say, you are a part of me, I do not yet know. And this is what stories do. And so this is what the challenge does. It really highlights the stories of marginalized groups, and it's intended to help us all grow and help us to be more inclusive and learn how to uh, be more supportive of our customers and our colleagues. I really liked, um, you know, the on day 21 of the, the racial equity challenge that we did um, in Q1, you said, if you take just one, one thing from this, let it be the danger of a single story um, yes. and how there's just so many stories um, for each of these different groups that we're, we're learning more about. Um, yes. And I've heard you say already on the podcast a few times, just the power of a story and, and knowing many of them. So I really, that really resonated with me. And I, I appreciated that perspective for sure. Uh, thank you. And I appreciate you participating and everyone who's participated. Uh, I think, you know, so many people have found value in this and, and not just that work in their personal lives too. People email me all the time and tell me, oh, you know, something came up and I was able to um, answer or feel confident in speaking about it because I have this background and this knowledge. And and that's part of what it's about too, right? Us just becoming more knowledgeable because knowledge is also power. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you, I just was going to ask a question on that. Um, maybe for someone listening, and I will admit this someone uh, is maybe me. Uh, what would you say to someone who signed up for the 21 day challenge and had wasn't able to, you know, follow the homework assignments for all 21 days? Because um, I'll raise my hand. I've tried, but I haven't quite kept up with all of it. Do you have any, you know, maybe comments, thoughts, um, encouragement, or, you know, just try to do as many as I can? Yeah, I think, and thank you for that, Levi. Of course, you're not alone, right? And the first challenge, I will admit, it, it was heavy. Uh, yeah, I think I am um, so invested in this work. And I think I'm a quick reader too, right? So uh, <laughs> I can get through things quicker than other people. But sure. yeah, for the first challenge, people, um, you know, suggested to me that perhaps we pare down the challenge. And, and so uh, for future challenges, the assignments have been pared down. But I appreciate that as an organization, we do have a lot of competing priorities. And so I would just say, just go through it at your own pace, right? Even if you can't keep up with the full 21 days um, while we're doing the challenge, at the end of the challenge, we have you know, I create a master list of all the assignments and also the emails, you know, I send them out and they're labeled day one, day two, day three. And so you can also just go through it at your own pace. You know, oh, mm-hmm. I, I would recommend going through the uh, sequence because each day builds on the day before. So I wouldn't recommend like just jumping around because, you know, you might see something that um, you don't understand because that. Uh, particular assignment bills on a prior assignment. So I would recommend going through the challenge uh, sequentially, but also you could do it at your own pace. And I, th- I think, you know, every, every little bit helps, every little bit of learning helps. Yeah, that's, that's great feedback. I like that because I, 
uh, I admittedly have fallen a little bit behind on this, on this, uh, the one that's currently going on. So um, just to, to go back and revisit it. Um, so another thing that I love to uh, talk a little bit about is um, little, little snack size meetings that we've been having. We have a, a coffee break that you put together um, just to get our people um, who are new to the organization and maybe working remote when they hadn't before. Um, to get to know one another, um, which I think has potentially inspired some local meetups for for regional teams, which is pretty cool, as well as um, we just got the invite like prior to this podcast uh, for this the Hidden Figures game show, correct? Like, that's, Am I calling it the right thing? Yes, you are. You are. Okay, cool. Um, yes. Yeah, talk about those a little bit. So thank you. The coffee meetups uh, – it's just an opportunity for us to unwind, right? Um, when you're working in an office environment, there's uh, so much connection going on, so much bonding, um, and also so much exchange of information, right? I always recall um, when I first started out as an attorney, I would pick up so much just sitting in court and overhearing conversations, right? And oh, that's mm-hmm. oh, that's how you're supposed to do it, right? There's so much learning <laughs> that goes on yeah. um, just by listening and engaging with each other, um, and also, like I said, there's a lot of bonding that goes on when when you're in person, and so to replicate that, uh, I thought, you know, perhaps just coming together 15 minutes every Wednesday, we go off into small groups, so three or four people per room. And I offer icebreaker questions. So, you know, perhaps questions similar to what you asked me at the start of the podcast. <laughs> you know, what books are you reading? You know, what what's your interest? Where were you born? You know, what what's exciting? And and just people just come together and just chat. And I have seen, you know, lots of people say, oh, you're you're here or you're there and I, I'm close by. Let's meet up. So yes, it, it's really, um, I think, great. And I hope people continue to join us and it continues to grow. And it's not just for people who are new, it's for everyone, um, you know, because, you know, sometimes we are at home and it gets lonely, right? So you need, you want to connect with others. And so that's an opportunity for that. And I totally forgot the second part of your question, Abby. Oh yeah. I have a bad habit. I'm actually trying to be better about it of asking like four questions at once. Um, I kind of lumped these together because they're, they looked like they're about the same like length uh, and around oh. the same time, but Hidden Figures Game Show. Yes, yes. yes. Thank you. Thank you. No, and I have a bad <laughs> habit of forgetting things. Um, <laughs> the game show that it's, it's should be fun so that uh really is a um it came from the 21 day slash black history month celebration um as the capstone event part of what we did was have a game show that featured uh hidden figures in um black americans um hidden figures in tech and i don't know how familiar you all are or the audience is with the movie hidden figures but that was based on three uh black slash african-american women who um helped um figure out the equation for nasa a nasa um space uh, exploration i think it was the trip to the moon don't quote me yeah i think so yep 
Yeah, I haven't seen the movie, to be honest, Um, but but the movie was called Hidden Figures, and it was based on these three um, women who were basically hidden um, for a length of time until their story got told. And so in um, presenting the uh, 21-day challenge Hidden Figure Game show, uh, Ashley Wadowski actually said to me, hey, you know, it would be cool if we uh, highlight all the hidden figures in the U.S.'s history, um, especially since um, Culture Day is coming up. And I thought that was an amazing idea. And so we um, created this game show. People can join in. It's four times on May 19th. You can join one time or all four times, 15 minute time slots. And we're just going to run a game show and, you know, ask questions about, you know, all the people and all the cultures that came together in the U.S. to make this nation what it is. And there'll be prizes. Awesome. Yeah. A game show without prizes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you're tying it in with, um, so as a company, we do like cultural months i think every one every month one every quarter quarter of different countries um and uh the u.s happens to be the next country uh to to work on so um i love that you're incorporating uh, the hidden figures and into that program very cool yeah yeah thank you Um, thank you i i have a question um so uh i don't remember exactly um what the definition of the DEIB is. So I think I know the D, the E, and the I, but I've seen B on there um, within Software One internally. Can you help uh, define that for us? B is for belonging. Okay. And belonging is really what, what you want to get at, right? Um, you can have diversity, you can have equity, you can have inclusion, but if your people don't feel as though they belong, um, then you don't have all that you want, right? Um, and Vern Meyer, she's very popular in the DEI space. She has a um, an analogy that she gives, and she describes diversity as being invited to the dance or inviting you know lots of people to the dance, and inclusion is um, being asked to dance while you're at the dance, right? And I take it a step further and I say, equity is making sure that everybody who shows up to the dance is able to dance. So, um, you know, you have wide enough doors so that someone with a wheelchair can get in Hmm. to the event space, or you don't buff the floors so much that women in high heels are going to fall over, right? So equity is making sure that everybody who um, wants to party or dance can dance. And then belonging is creating such a space that everyone who's there can dance like they would at home, dance like Mm. no one's watching, dance without abandon. You feel so comfortable in being your authentic self that you can show up and just be present. And, you know, tying this back into work, when you have belonging, this is where you're engaged because, hey, you know, this is home, right? You feel at home. This is where you're engaged. This is where you're going to thrive. This is where you're going to do your best work because you can show up as yourself and just be free. 
That's a really, I like that analogy that the dance. Same. That's I've never yeah, heard, I've it heard the, like, like that. the the first two, but the the way you expanded on on equity and, and belonging is is very very good metaphor. I like that a lot. Um, earlier, you kind of mentioned um, the difference between hiring versus leading diverse talent, and I think that kind of ties into how you just describe DEIB. Is that and this could be my own ignorance. Is that a, a new or evolving topic or has it always been there? And, and perhaps I'm just completely ignorant to it. <laughs> uh, can you kind of speak to the evolution of, of that type of programming and at Softer One and even just in general um, here in the States? Yeah, I think DEIB is always evolving as with anything else, right? We're always learning more. Um, so it's not a static thing. And if you've heard me speak before, I always say it's a journey, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah, just as with anything, you know, populations change, things change, our understanding changes. Uh, And so uh, DEI is ever evolving. And there was a point where you thought that diversity was enough, like just go Mm -hmm. out and hire people and put them in a space. But what you found, and this is where it evolved into the inclusion and the belonging, what you found was that what was happening was that you were bringing people in, but you were telling them, yeah, you can come in, but you have to conform to what we think is uh, the norm, or you have to uh, abide by our rules. So for example, perhaps someone, um, so I'm a black woman and I currently have braids. And for some time when I was in law, actually I never wore braids in law because it um, it just was not a very welcoming space for yeah. a black woman with braids. Um, and it's not that someone said to me, no, you can't wear braids. It was, you know, those um, implicit things that are communicated to you that, you know, perhaps this is not the space for you to wear braids. And, you know, that, that kind of othering making me feel as though I wasn't, or myself feeling as though um, I couldn't show up as my own self or how I wanted to show up, um, you know, that's what was happening when it was just diversity. Hey, hire people and put them in a space. And, you know, and, and again, there's no belonging there. There's no authenticity. You're not engaged. And so it has evolved to, hey, let's, um, let's be inclusive. Let's allow people to show up as their authentic self and and respect cultures and be um, culturally aware and, you know, humble. And, um, you know, really let's move towards a space where we can all be um, unique and all all shine. And I think that is where uh, we're going with regard to software one. And that's what a lot of this programming is about is also about educating the organization as to uh, cultural significance of certain practices. Um, so, for example, we had the Ramadan um, the Ramadan event, um, and actually, I shouldn't call it the Ramadan event, the multi faith event, because we had um, people who um, observe Islam, people who observe Passover, and um, people who observe Easter come in and talk about what uh, these uh, observances mean to them and some of the cultural significance and some of the things that they cannot and cannot do during this time. And you know, really trying to share information on how we can be inclusive of people as they um, 
you know, celebrate their cultures and hold uh, their cultures dear or near, I should say. Yeah, I I was gonna um, bring up another piece of what I know you do for software one, because this just happened to me, Um, had a customer um, issue an RFP. So they want to potentially work with software one. And they said, Hey, um, you need to answer this formal question around your, um, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion policies. And you had a nice, you know, prepared document that you wrote up specific to meet that answer. How often do you see things like that? Is that becoming kind of um, a standard request that you're getting all the time from, from the sales team? Yes, yes. Thank you for that. I would have forgot to mention that. And that's super important, right? Um, we do get that as you know, organizations become more culturally aware of the um, importance of equity within the business space and within society. Those questions are becoming more frequent. And so um, what I'm one of the things that I'm currently working on is having a space with standardized answers such as the one that I prepared for you, Levi. And um, I um, have to admit that answer was somewhat already prepared. I just kind of changed <laughs> it up a little bit. Hey, um, it was a great answer. It was, it was very detailed. You. Thank you. So we're going, the plan is to have um, answers like that or questions, you know, frequently asked questions that I see available in one space where you could go in and just pick out what you need and plop it into your response. I'm also working with Mike Williams um, with regard to uh, more detailed um, analytics and metrics, because that's also something that um, businesses are asking for now. You know, how much money do you spend with um, minority owned business or minority certified businesses? And um, we're working on, um, a program, it's called Software IO. I, I don't think it's been rolled out yet, but a program that will allow, again, when you're responding to these RFPs, uh, allow you to really give detailed responses as to, you know, um, how many of our publishers are minority owned, what percentage of business goes to them and that sort of thing. That's great. Uh, I think another work topic we have to ask about and maybe we can treat this as a preview or a teaser is the mosaic board. Um, So we've had, we, I think the first time it was ever brought up, we had Chelsea on and this was like a brand new thing. And she mentioned it to us first time I'd ever heard of it. Now that's already been a long time ago. So um, maybe tell us about that, uh, what your involvement is. And then I preface that by saying, hopefully we'll have the whole board on, together in a future episode, but let's at least dive into a little bit of what that board is. Yeah, that would be fun having the entire board. Um, so the board is something that predates me. Um, it started in 2021, early 2021, and I came in in late 2021. Um, it may have started in late 2020. I, I forget board, please forgive me. Uh, but really what they are is Norum's Volunteer Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging Committee. It's comprised of Sarah Gagan, Grace Velker, Aries Webb-Williams, Chelsea Woodring, and our exec sponsor, Jared Cheney. 
We do have open-ins on the board in case anyone uh, wants to apply to join the board. And um, if you'd like, you can shoot me an email. I'll send you the application link. But really what the board, the purpose, overall goal really, is to promote this sense of belonging that I spoke about earlier throughout Norum. So uh, I am a part of the board and I work with the board to further Norum's DEIB strategies. And so um, my role really, I create those strategies, right? I analyze where the organization is through things like the equity and inclusion survey, as well as, you know, talking to one-on-one focus groups, that sort of thing, and create strategies and actions that we want to take to really further uh, Norum's uh, DEIB vision. And the board helps to support that. You know, they are our, um, they evangelize within the organization about DEIB. So they're really our ambassadors. Um, And, you know, because we have um, employees uh, very diverse employees all throughout the organization. They're, they're like the ear to the street, right? They know what's going on and they can say, hey, I, I think you need to address this or this is going on. I think you need to address that. So they identify employees' needs and they recommend actions. And at times, uh, when time permits, they help to lead and implement those actions. Cool. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it definitely did. And and I, like I said, I think one of our goals is to have the whole whole group on since we've had the majority of you individually and, and talk further into that. Abby, is there any other, I guess, software one topics that we wanted to, to cover off with Taryn? Uh, I think the only thing that I would like to hear about is, um, so you've been with software one for about a year and we've already seen a tremendous impact Um through all of the different initiatives that we've spoken about, what's um, what's on the the horizon? Like, what's in the future uh, for um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging here at Software One that you can speak about? Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, really, it's going to always be responsive to the employees' needs, right? And I think we're in a space right now where I, I really have to remain extremely flexible. We're going to continue learning opportunities. Uh, whether or not they'll be 21-day challenges, I don't know. You know, we might have to scale them back and have, you know, some some smaller learning opportunities. But we're going to continue to learn about each other, continue to tell stories about each other, um, and continue to grow together while being mindful of um the organization overall, right? Because DEIB isn't like a siloed thing. It really has to support the organizational priorities. Um, And so, for example, one of the things that um, I'm really focused on right now, and I've I've been rolled into the HR department, so working very closely with them with regard to overall wellness, right, to address things like employee burnout and work-life balance. And, you know, how can we ensure that leaders are sensitive to the needs of the employees? as it relates to those areas. Um, So work-life balance is really one of my top priorities and 
workplace wellness overall is really one of my top priorities um, going forward, as well as I said, the education. And I should say, um, uh, we are having on the 20th, we're going to have a collective rest program. Um, and that is going to be our capstone event. So you heard it here first. It's going yeah. to be Breaking our news. Yes, capstone event for AAPI month. It's going to be led by a group of women, Asian American women, who um, run really trauma-informed meditation practices uh, to help heal communities. And it sounds very ethereal right now, but um, I I thought it would. We're in a good space. Um, or this would be a good time for us to really take a moment and de-stress. So we're going to have them come in and run a guided meditation session um, for our capstone event for AAPI month. And, you know, that's just one of the things when we talk about focusing on employee wellness, that's one of the things that we're going to um, be addressing. And of course, continuing to um, reach out and try to ensure that we are bringing in diverse talent because we know that um, there's so many benefits to DEI. You know, years and years of research have, has shown that um, so many organizational benefits to DEI, whether it's, you know, thinking harder or, you know, driving higher revenue or more sales or uh, bringing products to market. There's so many benefits to diversity, equity, well, diversity um, and having other voices in the room. So focusing on that, too, is a top priority for me. Excellent. I'm looking forward to to all of that, <laughs> particularly the the meditation session. That'll be very cool. Um, so, I guess Levi, that was my last question I had. Yeah. Is there anything else that you're you're wanting to to ask, or should we wrap it up? No, I think that that was a good ending. It's exciting to hear that Software One is conscious of. Um, preventing that burnout. Cause I think we all know of people who have experienced that in the last two years. So that's, yeah. uh, I look forward to, to seeing software and have a focus on that. I guess usually to end, I mean, Taryn, we'd like to offer the floor to you for the last, um, you know, 30 seconds or so, if you want any, any last thing, any less comments you want to get in there or, or things that you want to plug before we go. Oh, thank you. Um, I am really so appreciative of the um, support that Software One has shown to DEIB. Um, just really overwhelming support uh, with regard to diversity and showing up for programming and uh, being involved in things like the 21 Day Challenge. And even you and Abby, thank you for having me here, inviting me to be on this podcast. You've all been really so supportive and I thank you for that. And I thank all the Swamis for that. And I just ask that you uh, continue to um, show up when you can and just be involved and just be reminded of our core value of employee satisfaction. I love that second um, part of the uh, core value of employee satisfaction that says we love and support our colleagues. And I think that that's what DEIB is all about, loving and supporting our colleagues. And so I ask that um, you continue to do so as you have, and I appreciate it. That was a great rap. You even got a core value in there. I knew today was the employee satisfaction <laughs> core value. I knew it. Perfect. <laughs>
That's been another episode of The Swell Files. Music, editing, and mixing by Brandon Avenger. And we love to hear from you, so send us your feedback and future guest recommendations. We're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, so be sure to subscribe to never miss an episode. Bye.